0: I love musical theater. When I was a kid, I used to go to local community theater productions of things like Wizard of Oz, Mamma Mia. Uh, I saw West Side Story at the Stratford Music Festival. You know, I used to go with my parents and my friend and his parents. Like, uh, I have very fond memories. I also wore out a bunch of VHS tapes when I was really young. Uh, Everything from Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Jesus Christ Superstar, Phantom of the Opera, Godspell, Evita. Um, I was a real fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber's work, but one musical fascinated me to absolutely no end. Andrew Lloyd Webber's 1981 mega-musical, Cats. I remember watching a VHS tape of some other show and the trailer for the direct-to-video 1998 movie came on, and I was, first of all, I was terrified, (laughs) and second of all, I was fixated. It was so weird. I had to see it, and I did. Uh, Eventually, my parents got me the VHS tape. Uh, They took me to go see the show at the Pantages Theatre in Toronto back in February of 2002, Uh, and I saw it again 17 years later in 2019 at the Princess of Wales Theatre. So, you know, I've had a very interesting relationship with this musical. Just the idea that Andrew Lloyd Webber had this creative risk-taking. You know, he took, he, he created a musical based on a collection of poems by an author who had died decades before this was even an idea. There was no story. There was barely a plot. There was hardly any characters. And he went to people and said, hey, do you want to fund this? The fact that it's the fourth longest-running Broadway show, seventh longest-running West End show, and it's currently running as we speak is nothing short of miraculous. I I don't have enough positive things to say about Andrew Lloyd Webber, you know. So how did Andrew Lloyd Webber turn an old poetry collection from the 30s into one of the biggest award-winning musical phenomenons of our lifetime? What made the musical so successful? and what makes it so polarizing. Join me today down the deep dark media well to talk a little bit about the inception of Cats. So Cats was based on a collection of poems from one of the 20th century's major poets. Thomas Stearns Eliot, or T.S. Eliot, is most well known for poems like The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock, The Hollow Men, ash wednesday uh, as well as a few plays including murder in the cathedral and the cocktail party from all the way from 1915 until the 1940s one interesting thing i noticed about his poetry is that it's kind of divided into two eras everything before the year of 1927 when he allegedly converted into anglicanism and then everything after i personally got a lot more out of reading a bit of his secular work like in the hollow men quote This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. Not with a bang, but a whimper. (laughs) Really, really deep stuff. So, a lot of critics found his post-conversion work, like Ash Wednesday, to be, like, really compelling, because the whole thing is about a person who lacked faith for the majority of their life, trying to, uh, who is struggling to get closer to God. Anyway, fascinating poet, highly recommend Back to the story, though. So, in the 1930s, under the name Old Possum, T.S. Eliot wrote about a dozen or so poems for his godchildren, nieces, and nephews, uh, titled Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. They were published in 1939 and then quickly republished in 1940 with full illustrations by Nicholas Bentley. The way that the show Cats was conceived was really unusual, because uh, Lloyd Webber started writing music to the poems in 1977 because he loved the book as a child, uh, the one by T.S. Eliot, and he just basically wanted to see if he could do it. So eventually, after writing music to Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, the poems, he eventually got the blessing of T.S. Eliot's widow, um, a partnership with co-producer Cameron McIntosh with Really Useful. And soon after, you know, there was a, he had a trial of some of these songs at the uh, Sidmonton Festival. And then after all of this, they were well on the way of creating this musical about cats. Now, in the beginning of the 1980s, Britain was in a recession. And because of the rising costs and lack of people attending shows in the West End, these productions, even American imports, according to the BBC, were critically successful, but would only run for short periods of time. That's why, you know, everyone thought Andrew Lloyd Webber, director Trevor Nunn, and choreographer Gillian Lynn were, in Jillian Lynn's own words, raving mad. Anybody who caught wind of this production thought that they were out of their friggin' minds. So people were like, so you're doing a show about what now? <laughs> uh, and also, just as a side note, watching Andrew Lloyd Webber try to explain this show to people like, and like, like talk show hosts back in the 80s... Uh, was so funny to watch so apparently britain had never had a successful dancing production at the time so it was unprecedented to try to produce a show that included singing acting and dancing all at the same time let alone the show is based on poems from an author who died decades ago there's no story and effectively no assignable characters it was risky Trevor Nunn tried to tie these fragmented poems together into something that can resemble a storyline. And the incredible Jillian Lynn created an unusual overlap between jazz, ballet, and also just behaving like a cat style of dancing. And at the same time, Cameron McIntosh is trying to receive funding for this entire mess. So, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think people give these people enough credit for the success that Katz became, you know? So, according to everybody that was involved, up until when the show made its first debut, there was money woes, uh, to the point of even asking the cast to contribute to the production. It was just not looking good. Uh, The tensions got so high to the point where Lloyd Webber said it was the worst thing he's ever made and wanted to can the entire thing at the last possible minute, but... Uh, okay, so I'm going to get a little sidetracked for a moment and talk about the story, if we can call it that. For anybody who doesn't know what the musical is all about, I'm going to try to boil it down. So, it's essentially cats introducing themselves in sort of a review style, hoping to be chosen as the cat to to be reborn and come back to another one of their nine lives. This... Happens annually. It's called the Jellicle Ball. Jellical apparently means dear little cats, according to T.S. Eliot. The choice is made by this old cat named Old Deuteronomy, uh, maybe because of his seniority. I, I'm not 100% sure. It's never really explained. So some of these cats are magic. I don't know. Um, anyways, T.S. Eliot's widow gifted a poem to Andrew Lloyd Webber that was excluded from Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats called Grizabella, the Glamour uh, Glamour Cat. Apparently the reason for the poem's exclusion was because it was too sad for kids. This character, Grizabella, gave Trevor Nunn and Andrew Lloyd Webber the through line that they needed to create a story. So... Grizabella, for a reason that's never explained in the musical, is rejected from the main tribe. And uh, she wants to be chosen to be reborn because she's past her prime. All of her songs and all of her time in the musical revolve around the fact that all she has is her memories and that she misses the way things used to be. And So, anyways, the entire musical... If anybody's not familiar with Memory, it's the only song that anybody ever remembers from this musical. It was mainstream. Barbra Streisand covered it. Um, you know, uh, the it, the whole thing is just two hours of meaningless spectacle justifying the song Memory. Okay? So then, Grizabella is eventually chosen. Bada bing, bada boom. She goes to the heavyside lair. Everybody goes home. Got it? Do we understand cats now? Good. <laughs> So, when casting Grizabella, it was really important that whoever does it can dance, sing, dance, act, and sing. That's Those are the three criteria to be a member of the cast. Seasoned actress Judy Dench was originally cast to play Grizabella. She unfortunately tore her Achilles tendon during rehearsal, and then they brought in Elaine Page to finish the job. Um, there were lyrical revisions up until opening night, according to her. uh. But memory was the game changer. It, it gave the story that through line and, you know, something resembling a story, right? So despite the lack of story, changing cast, money, woes, and all of that uncertainty, Cats debuted at the New London Theater on May 11th of 1981 and absolutely blew the socks off theatergoers and raised the bar for the West End as a general thing. Um, according to everybody who was involved, you know, Cameron McIntosh, Trevor Nunn, Gillian Lynn, it could have gone one of two ways. It, they, they could have been laughed off the stage and it was a huge flop financially and critically, or it could have been this, this big mega musical. And fortunately it was in their favor, right? Now we have this because of all those chances that these people took. We have this absurd fever dream of a musical that's been a multi-billion dollar success to date. Uh, Multiple awards, including the Laurence Olivier Award for Best Musical, uh, Tony for Best Musical, Tony for Best Book of a Musical, and another Tony for Best Original Score. Right? So we really have cats to thank for this mega-musical phenomenon. It established this market globally. And it redirected the industry's focus to these big budget blockbuster musicals. And it was so polarizing that it reshaped the aesthetic, technology, and marketing around the medium as a general thing. So, you know, uh, and, you know, I'm aware of the Tom Hooper 2019, you know, feature length film about cats. And that's unfortunately how some people were introduced to the stage show and everything like that. But I encourage anybody who's seen the 2019 film and was horrified to go back and maybe watch the 1998 direct-to-video film. It might still horrify you, but like there's no doubt in my mind that this is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen, even outside of musicals, because it was a book of poetry by an author that had been dead for decades, that was turned into this multi-billion dollar worldwide success. So, true success story, love it. So, that's Cats in a nutshell. It was quite the journey for Andrew Lloyd Webber and everybody involved, and 40 plus years later, it's still one of the most successful musicals to date. If it ever comes to your city, you know, I I highly suggest paying the money to go see the thing. Like, I don't really remember seeing it in 2002, but when I saw it in 2019, very impressive. There was acrobatics. It was funny. The lights were impressive. There was so much going on. And even if you're cynical of the thing and you think the story's whack, you can at least sit there for the two hours and appreciate all the effort that went into the thing. And the numbers don't lie, you know. It's apparently earned $3.5 billion to date. So, my advice is ignore the Tom Hooper film from 2019. Ignore Rebel Wilson. Ignore James Corden. Just see the, like the... Just go watch the stage show. Even if you watch the 1998 film, it might still terrify you, and you might still find it confusing and frightening, but you know, you'll at least get a better understanding of the source material and, you know, where it came from so anyways thank you very much to anybody who's listened to me ramble about Cats the musical this has been another deep dive down the media well and I hope everybody has a good rest of their day take care of yourselves